the art wire. So, welcome to our Goldexter podcast called The Art Wire. Um, my name is Reinhold Biedner, I'm one member of Goldextra, and this, this podcast is basically about, you know, all sorts of weird forms of um, storytelling, like in performances or, or like maybe also some people talk about game stuff or game issues or media art and storytelling, digital storytelling in general. And I have the pleasure to welcome Leonhard Lass. Hello, Leo, or hello, Leonhard. Hi. And I'm trying to make a short introduction about Leonhard's, uh, well, I guess I can say 20 years or maybe even more of, of experience in Yes, in media. we are old. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you that you incorporate me as well. <laughs> But you're right, you're totally right. And to make a short overview about Leonhard, you know, first of all, and I guess this is going to be some of the projects that we are talking about, his collaboration with um, Gregor Ladenhauf, which is called Depart. And what is maybe important for those millions of listeners, in <laughs> art, art-interested listeners, um, is maybe to to get yourself a, sh a quick overview about about Leo and Depart, go to depart.at and to works. They really get a good overview of what they are up to and what they are doing. And, you know, maybe talking a little bit about the CV of Leo. Um, he was studying at the uh, University of Applied Sciences in Salzburg. Leo, by the way, correct me if I say something totally wrong. <laughs> around, around 2001, he moved to Berlin to, wo to work at a fork, Unstable Media. Somewhere he decided that he needs more sun and he, went, he moved to Barcelona for some years, working a lot in the in field of graphic designs and, well, any media-related fields. And then finally somewhere moving to Vienna in, when was it, 2005 or so? 2003, I think. Ah, okay, oh, okay, okay. And, yeah, um, establishing his collaboration with Depart and also working on, I think, in, in, in different companies in the field of graphic design, but also interactive media. And also, somewhere in, in the last year, starting to also teach at Art University in Linz and at University of Applied Sciences, uh, Hagenberg, in the fields of uh, generative art or data mapping. Am I correct, sort of? Yes, wonderfully correct. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, as I, as I already mentioned, there's a good, you get a good overview about Depart on their website. And maybe I'll try as a last thing before I try to keep, to be more quiet maybe to, to, to throw in some keywords like, you know, how I see Depart projects or also Leonhardt's work, which is some sort of word rap, like, you know, of course, quite digital, quite audiovisual, quite generative, somehow absurd or surreal, dark, but sometimes still funny. You can really see that there's a professional quality in all your works and also to have the goal to show them in a in a proper setting but basically i would say there's a focus on the visual and generative visual side on your hands and there's a focus on the audio and sound sides by 
Gregor. Is, is this sort of correct? Yes, this is totally correct. Yes. Mm. And yeah, may, maybe as a last keyword that I wrote down, uncanny rituals, <laughs> <laughs> which, which is, uh, I think, sometimes true. And maybe to talk about where you presented your stuff at Ars Electronica, at Mutech, Montreal, at Soundframe, at Elevate, at Forward Festivals in Zurich and Vienna and Munich, I think, and Vienna Design Week, just to name a few. And yes, now I try to keep as quiet as possible. So, Leah, what is what, maybe as a first question, what is your view on Depart, or how would you describe your collaboration? Wow, the, yeah, I think it's a it's a tricky question to start with, of course. Um, I think uh, now looking back, and I think you described it quite well already, uh, our, we never really focused on one particular medium and we also didn't really care too much about consistency in our aesthetics. But throughout the years, and there are many projects over the 20 years, of course, uh, you kind of see the thread through it. And you also, I, I, it almost appears as if, as if all the projects are kind of a different perspective to some um, central goal or some central interest that is never really defined. And I think from this perspective, uh, every project is kind of a, a cornerstone in this let's say global or a larger project that we aim for and we started to call this uh, um, kind of a hyper poetics uh, so we are mm -hmm. really interested in uh, poetic in a poetic vision and by poetic i do not mean just uh, like a, a literal speech based or language based or language based but uh, any kind of language, any kind of science system. So we really try to incorporate our own poetics into a audio-visual multimodal way of thinking that is very hypertextual as well, uh, but never really aims to be too specific in that manner. So it's all a kind of an interplay of systems, of elements. Uh, and yeah, as you mentioned, we are very interested in this um, in these uh, liminal spaces, in these trans transitory spaces, the uncanny uh, spaces, the uncanny valleys where we feel at home. Uh, I think uh, also you mentioned rituals, so we also have this other, um, let's say, um, focus, we call it the algo ritual. This is uh, <laughs> bringing together um, our, our core is generative, so we always think in systems that are kind of in a state of simulation, so they are kind of alive. Uh, they also uh, have the possibility or the potential to bring up the unexpected, therefore, because of emergence and of complexities that arise through interconnected systems. Uh, but we also always connect it to this uh, very archaic state of the ritual where there is some kind of repetitive performance going on that points to something uh, outside of itself, points to something uh, that is connected to myths, but is also a mystery if you do not uh, entirely know what's going on. So as every ritual uh, has some aspects that are very set rules, uh, everybody that is involved in a ritual seems to perfectly know what he or she is doing. But as outsiders, it's not always that obvious. If you cannot decode it, it, it almost feels surreal. Yet it has this, this um, 
feeling of being very specific, of being uh, having a lot of meaning to it. And we are interested in that because algorithms, in a way, are exactly that encoded into a computer system, a way of repetitive actions, a way of relating different uh, elements in a system to each other and involving the potential of kind of a narrative, a myth, uh, or some kind of control behavior, let's say. So, yeah, in terms of project, I couldn't really tell. I would argue that our, uh, let's say, Genesis piece, our first uh, important piece together is Asphodel, uh, which had already a lot of elements that we still use. So it, it was bringing to bed, together cinematic, uh, performative uh, uh, ways. It's, it was generative. It uh, had also a lot of poetic um, fragments in it. Uh, we we then started to work closely with uh, Gregor Hobmeier as a dramaturg, uh, as a dancer and dramaturg, to uh, with performers on stage. So the, our first phase then was very performative and very stage based. Uh, mm -hmm. In the in the end of these 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 projects, we were uh, I think on a very interesting trajectory that was performative. Uh, in a space, in a set uh, theater space, but always aimed at a very direct uh, and individual experience. And uh, mm -hmm. in, in this phase, we learned a lot. We had performances that were really uh, filling the whole space, but guiding individual uh, audience members through it. So uh, very focused on one individual member. And uh, this, is, this gives you the possibilities for first... Uh, a lot of control uh, as an art, from an art artistic perspective and also a lot of focus to uh, mm -hmm. very impactful experience on the audience mm -hmm. side. Uh, mm -hmm. And this, this is, I think, also a thread that we picked up when we first started to work with a virtual reality, where you have uh, exactly that possibility in a purely digital manner. Yeah. Mm. I'm quite. I'm quite sure there will come some. There, there will be some VR questions somewhere <laughs> during these conversations. But uh, you were mentioning uh, this the sort of first project S for Dell. Mm -hmm. May I ask, how did your collaboration start? Because this is also interesting in, in digital fields, mm. and 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 sort of how does it work? Yeah, um, it it started. So Gregor and me, we met at the university for. Yeah, multimedia arts, uh, but we met only briefly. We interconnected on an interest base. We were both uh, interested in, uh, first of all, partisan music, but also cinema and, and literature. So we were reading a lot of cyberpunk, and, but also we connected especially through uh, uh, Haruki Murakami's books that were quite new at the time. And uh, we introduced each other to authors like that. Uh, but then I quickly moved to Berlin and we were in a way separated again, but uh, united through uh, a chat system, ICQ it was back then. <laughs> so we, we, we kept writing each other exhaustively and developed as a kind of uh, an individual language that was yeah, very, uh, let's say, hexospeech based, uh, a lot of ASCII signs in it, but it was also very poetic. and. Uh, we tried to keep in touch and started to work on very tiny project. This was all macromedia flashback then. Uh, some of our generation will remember. Uh, but essentially, we are old as many yeah, yeah. 
Essentially, there, there were small multimedia poems, but very playful and um, at that time, and not very mm -hmm. deep running, let's say. But we developed our, or we started to develop our language. And when I moved to Barcelona after Berlin, um, I moved there because of the sun, as you said, but uh, also to uh, clearly focus on my artistic work and give me some time to um yeah to to find out where this could take me i yeah in berlin i was uh, I, I was uh, let's say starting to do it based on um, also uh, audiovisual collaborations and uh, visuals that i did for some um, sound artists and it felt that this is uh, yeah it's 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 possible to go into that direction in a professional way. Before that, I was not sure I was working as an interface designer and so on. So in, in Barcelona, it was really the aim to figure out uh, if this would work for me and how how this uh, language that I was interested in uh, could evolve. And I also invited Gregor to join me and he joined me in Barcelona for um, more than a month where we worked on this project as Fotel uh, and uh, spent like uh, a lot of time together trying out things uh, and filming and doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, yes, so this is basically how it started and uh, we continued from there. Then the, the, the session with uh, Georg Hobmeier, uh, they were also based on artists in residencies mainly, where we spent a lot mm -hmm. of time together in, in either the Netherlands, where he was based at the time, uh, or also in Salzburg at Stage. So always very focused and intense working sessions where we could try out a lot of things. Uh, and mm -hmm. yeah, so this is still the, 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 the basis or the, the, the fundament uh, that uh, we build our work on. Nowadays, it's not necessary often to sit together in the studio. We have separated studios uh, mm. because we have uh, a huge, uh, let's say, uh, common base that we build on anyhow. So there's a, a very deep mutual understanding also of each other's media. So I, I when I uh, build sketches. Uh, I already have Gregor's thoughts in mind most of the time. I even uh, think of how this could work with sound, and uh, and it's the other way around. And there is not so much communication needed. We can also now, after twenty years, very often refer to uh, elements or concepts that we used in other works. Uh, mm -hmm. They they even have names now that uh, we can uh, simply refer to. Uh, uh, so this this language really is there uh, to be used in a way and mm -hmm. to also again of course to be challenged and subverted. Mm -hmm. So congrats to yeah as you mentioned twenty years of uh, collaboration <laughs> yeah. which is yeah. <laughs> not which is I guess not so easy in nowadays mm -hmm. times where everything needs to be fast and changing and moving forward and blah blah blah. So mm. this is and, and and you know when I when I switched through some of your projects yesterday, I don't say this now because we record this, but I really had the feeling when I watched, for example, uh, Chakwa's approach three, I think it is. You know the video. I I cannot really explain it. What what's behind it? But you know I I I remember when I saw it back then in I don't know when when was that around two thousand. 
eight or something like that. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. And and I can remember. I really enjoyed it back then. Mm -hmm. And you know, to my mind, some of the some of the projects that are already nearly 15 years old or so uh, still have, you know, to my mind, have quality in the sense of they don't look old, you know, like mm -hmm. they don't look like. And I think, yeah, you can really see this thread in your work. So I was enjoying yesterday. I didn't think I didn't remember this project anymore. But, you know, like I really liked watching this, you know, the simple <laughs> shot of the turtle yeah. and what, what, what happens, what happens in the, in the, you know, on, on top of it in, 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 gen, in a generative or audiovisual sense. Mm. And sorry, did you, did you want to say something? No, 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 no. I, I also I just was remembering uh, Chukwa's approach. Yeah. I, I think, uh, yes, it's a very special project because it's basically... Yeah, I mean, just for the audience, maybe it happened inside of a mountain, uh, and I think it's poetic already. So we we had the the chance to work inside of a salt mine in in Salzburg, where we just we had an orchestra, a lay orchestra, play just a single chord, and that was the whole experience. The, the whole experience was walking together inside of this mountain you had to dress especially the temperature changes the air changes you walk in and then you hear this chord you you try uh, you have there was a boat uh, floating over a salt lake inside this mountain and uh, there is not much that you i think have to add to such an experience that is in itself poetic we just gave it a bit of a framing and uh, just uh, connected a few uh, additional mythical threads to it and uh, it works uh, I think for us and many of our projects are that way that uh, we 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 come to a setting or we are offered a setting and mm -hmm. we look at this setting and we see and we try to figure out what the pointers are that are already there and how we can uh, hyper connect it and how we can mm -hmm. uh, shift some of its mundane or ordinary elements into something that is, let's say, surprising or out of the mm -hmm. ordinary, uncanny, to mm -hmm. give it a new perspective. Yeah. yeah. And um, speaking of th threads, one more time, you know, like uh, basically here now, uh, as I mentioned, I want to talk then as well about uh, virtual reality possibilities, etc., in your works. But you know what? What somehow really also yesterday. What I really liked was, um, and there's a thread to, to this uh, turtle video of Chuck was approached before, but totally different and a totally set, different setting, of course. I think this was in 2013 or so in connects with uh, Soundframe Festival and MAC, uh, Museum for Angewandte Kunst in Vienna, um, House of Drift. Mm -hmm. This was, to my mind, quite interesting to watch yesterday and I found on the uh, Soundframe uh, Vimeo site some 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 sort of eight minute making off of it and and I think you know on the one hand you can see those elements that you already had for example in this video mm. with the turtle on the other hand it was something totally different and I guess quite complicated because of a lot of collaboration mm. that you that you had in this project right mm. I mean it, it I guess some of your projects rather are being established more or less of course there's always somehow collaboration with others but mm. more or less on, on uh, in a in your case in a 
duet form yes. but i guess house of drift was totally different and complex you know like collaborating with fashion mm. designers with with uh, architects with photographers andreas mm. waldschutz who is i think mm. quite well known in vienna so and yeah i was also as i said you could you could really see in, on, on the visual part that also i guess mainly came from your side mm. um there was similarities and and you know there was there was one more time really beautiful shots that just totally don't look old you know like mm. it's already eight <laughs> years as well as well old but you know like they don't look like it yeah mm. Yes, this is really a very special project, you're right. It's also, I mean, with many of our projects, we try to push ourselves out of the comfort zone. And this was clearly outside mine. I don't feel uh, myself much as a director that uh, directs a huge team. I really love to do uh, and sit at night and do as much as possible uh, in uh, on my own so i program my own systems i do all everything i try to get my hands on everything and in this case uh, we were working with 25 people and this was uh, yes uh, so all this coordination and all these dependencies are uh, really hard for me to to manage but in the end of course uh, what uh, of always comes with this if you work with professionals is you get uh, you get pushed to new boundaries on its own. Mm -hmm. So we work with this fashion designer for all the costumes. And uh, I, as a completely non-fashion designer, of course, came with sketches and came with uh, trying to figure everything out. And then we just, uh, we, we sat there and with a team, we, we started building it and it, it turned out completely different. And the inputs were so important and it, mm -hmm. it, it got a new trajectory that helped me a lot in the end. But still, it was the, 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 the only really large project. Uh, I never did something that large uh, after that anymore. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think also uh, Gregor was mentioning it in this uh, eight minute uh making making off videos i'm like like that it was interesting in that project to you know of course you cannot have the expertise in everything and it's mm. nice to find people that you trust and and are you know like contributing mm. i mean yeah it, it's it's just the fact that you cannot be a fashion designer as well or an architect as well mm. or uh Epidem epidemiologist as well or <laughs> yes, whatever. Yeah, exactly. not everybody can <laughs> so yeah i think this this was what i thought yeah also from from eight years of a distance i think I, i've watched it back then but mm. you know like uh, of course you remember things then better again if you if you watch them again in in, in sort of a archive Mm. And yeah, that's that that was my that was my feeling yesterday that I thought, okay, wow, you you really managed through yeah, of course, with the support of Soundframe Festival, to to bring in quite interesting people who everybody everybody contributes, mm. and and you know the output is somehow still has this thread, but is of course somehow different, and yeah, to some extent, of course, even more professional because yeah of course mm. if 20 people contribute mm. it's, it's it's a fantastic option and possibility that you of course mm. do not have with with every project and by the way which is uh, sort of worth or important to mention i think the the title of this sound frame festival this year was collective so mm. you know that this is what made it beautiful yeah mm. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is exactly one of those pointers that we pick up. So we were interested in that. And uh, the whole production was a huge collective that we put together, but also the, the topic of the installation was collective. So we were thinking about uh, yeah, collective behavior in all kinds of realms, in animal realms, how it, those uh, also, let's say, agent systems that have interconnected uh, or collective behavior, uh, emergent behavior, swarm behaviors. This was all part of it. Uh, that, so the mm -hmm. narrative and the topic and the way of working uh, should interconnect. And this was our goal. And yeah, we are always uh, also happy to yeah to to not to to, to somehow fail in parts. Uh, in this case, <laughs> I think it worked out well. But we mm -hmm. we are not too afraid of failing. Mm -hmm. And and was it in that case you too as the directors? I mean, mm. a collaborative process cannot always be democratic. Yes. And so yes. was it in that case your responsibility to really to to, to keep yeah. it together? Or yeah, yeah it was our uh, responsibility to deliver. Uh, we were the ones <laughs> that uh, were asked to uh, create an. An installation for a huge, huge space. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yes, but it was our decision then to bring in uh, a lot of people. So in the end, I don't know more than I said twenty-five. It was probably even more after that because mm. we worked with a whole group of performers and so on. So uh, yes. So I think these uh, interconnected levels of uh, how we work, of what we work with, of whom we work the topics, uh, this is uh, all part of this, um, of our goal of this synchronicity also in a way that we have in the micro of our projects, but should also uh, be reflected in the macro view of our work. Mm. So maybe maybe there's the time to uh, to shift to some other specific projects, uh, you know, like of one that I already told you that I would like to mention is um, Lacuna Shifts. Mm. Uh, virtual reality project and maybe I don't know if I ever told you this story I I've watched it back then I don't know some years ago I don't know three years ago something like that and the story you know my personal story to it was quite weird because on that day I was teaching in Linz and then I was going back to Vienna and, and walking around and then I got a phone call of my parents who told me that my brother is in the in the hospital and he had some sort of virus, and this virus somehow went into his ear. Okay. You know, it isn't, I, don't, I, didn't, I don't say it now very medical correct. But so at the end, the, the conclusion of the whole thing is he just fell. You know, like he got out of balance. Mm -hmm. He could not do anything. You know, he could not stand anymore. He just mm -hmm. fell and was quite happy that he was at home and didn't mm -hmm. fail too hard. So he ended up in, in, in the hospital. And you know, the funny, I heard this story and I was a bit psychic in the sense of, you know, like thinking about these things, but somehow already before I decided, you know, to go to your installation, uh, Lacuna Shifts, which was shown, I think it was Metro Kino, I think. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, like, and the funny thing is Lacuna Shifts is a virtual reality project, which is, uh, yeah, which, which you consume on your own. And but you you told me once I think it has some sort of model modules that mm -hmm. that change, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, the funny thing at the end was 
me thinking about all these things and about you know like not being in balance etc <laughs> i got the one scene which is you know like you stand on the floor and the floor starts totally shaking mm-hmm. and 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 for me uh, I, this is the thing that i really remember of the whole project the power of virtual reality mm. in the in, in sense of what it can do to your brain especially if you're already uh in a certain state so mm. this is quite interest this was from the personal side quite interesting but from the other of course it's a it's 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 a project that yeah still is totally recognizable Mm. and yeah poetic and uh yeah yeah as a question to you how did it happen or how did you decide okay we should uh, create this idea in virtual reality Yeah, it, it, it goes along the same line, uh, as I already mentioned, it's again a pointer that was already there. We were invited by um, uh, the OK Center in, in Linz to uh, contribute something to an exhibition about Alice in Wonderland. And Alice in Wonderland is one of the, let's say, the core literature of Depart. So we read all, <laughs> all Lewis Carroll books and we constantly refer to them as well, because Lewis Carroll is, uh, is very much like-minded in many cases. He was a mathematician that wrote uh, what seems like a children's book that has a lot of word play in it and is completely spaced out in a way, but under a, the cover of a, some, some very innocent literature. Mm, and we were super excited to work on uh, Ellis. Uh, and we also had tried out VR before, but never felt like uh, it's something that we should use for a project yet. But with this pointer of uh, dealing with a virtualized world, with a parallel world, it was immediately obvious that this is the medium to consult. So this was the decision for the medium was basically the topic. Uh, and uh, from then we went on this uh, lacuna shifts. It was our first VR project and it can be read, first of all, as an, of course, a completely hermetic and uh, its own artistic uh, work, but it's also uh, a huge reflection on what the medium VR, if you can call it a medium at all, uh, actually is and what it can do and how it could work and what we could read into it. So it works also on both levels. We were uh, trying it out. And as you mentioned, uh, when we did the tests, uh, we immediately noticed the enormous potential in spatial experience far more than anything we had and we really really focused on that so we stripped away everything that was not really uh, working so much like interactivity or this uh, also this, like if, uh, all kinds of um, play uh, where you had to learn also we thought about narrative a lot because it works different in vr and really focused on the, this architectural or spatial uh, context mm-hmm. that it offers and how we could uh, subvert it, how we could push it to its limit and how we could uh, also uh, use it as a narrative tool. And uh, when we thought about it, we thought about uh, traditional media again, what cin- cinema already did with, um, with space 
for, for instance, Polanski's Repulsion, where the, the, the apartment the, the protagonist lives in is basically at the mirror of the, uh, of the psyche. Uh, so <laughs> it actually has a life on its own. The more the, 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 the protagonist deteriorates, the more the, the apartment itself falls apart. And we really, really uh, were interested in that, of how can the architecture become an actor. So we are, we are talking about architecture when mm. we talk about this concept and mm. how this could be alive and be the framing of something uh, that resembles a narrative. Mm. Maybe mm. also an, another aspect that, that was uh, very interesting to us that also comes out uh, upon now with the, all this metaverse discussion is this uh, the idea of the, there is a persistent virtual space that you could jump in it accepts you for a bit uh, it's there for you when you want to be inside of it but it's also kind of uh, a life on its own it uh, it cannot be fully understood it cannot be fully controlled it just admits you for some time uh, and then it throws you out again uh, we we also like that this 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 downloadable spaces uh, uh, this this idea uh, that there is something for you. If you want to go there, you can just go there and then you uh, go back to somewhere else. Mm. Well, as long as you don't meet Mark Zuckerberg all the time, <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's an option sometimes during pandemics. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I promise not to talk about pandemics. In this <laughs> okay. So, um, you, you, you you were mentioning a narrative and uh you know our our the artwire podcast one idea behind is also you know sort of digital storytelling mm. what what's your i mean it's funny your, your projects on the one hand they really work in the also just on the visual side you know on the abstract side on the visual aspect aspects of it but on the other i guess I mean, I don't know if you can talk, call it storytelling, but uh, yeah, you always have a topic. You all, you always have a reference as well, as you said, Louis Carroll or mm. or uh, Alvin Lussier or whatever. You know, that's. Uh, I think you you find names as influences quite mm. in many projects of yours. Mm. So how would you how would you call? You know, it's not like you you tell a story, but you at least you give hints of a narration. Or how how would you describe this process? For example, in Lacuna shifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, th I think this is uh, also a common thread. So we think about narration as a poem would uh, think about mm. narration. So very, very condensed. Uh, but we also think about narration as an accumulation of narrative potentials more than uh, one storyline, you could say. So we accumulate signs of a reference system as part of modules of a possible narrations, but we never completely line it out. So in the end, our, if you call it narrative system has two parts. First is these are these uh, elements, these modules of the narrations. And the second would be some kind of a, a dramaturgy possibility that works more in a sense of energy levels, you could say. Uh, this, the, the, we need some kind of dramaturgy to, to guide the audience through it. So there will be, uh, there will be phases of uh, chaos, there will be phases of order, there will be phases of uh, a lot of activity, and there will be phases of passivity. So mm -hmm. we try, still try to shape these uh, and create uh, some kind of uh, uh, tension 
uh, or dramaturgy through it. Uh, but we never really laid out uh, this, this, this whole idea of the, the, the narrative in the sense of a retrospective uh, telling of a story is not our uh, goal. We, as we said, uh, are interested in this dynamic uh, system. So it's basically it's a prospective narration that you really do not know how it actually will evolve. You just set together uh, all these potentials. And for VR, this is uh, also from my uh, point of view, the most appropriate uh, way to, mm -hmm. to use it because it feels so immediate. It feels so live. You're inside the narration, uh, you're inside this world. Uh, so you will uh, not be told a story, you will have an experience. And this is maybe the interesting thing. But we as the artist or the director the, that directs this story, we of course uh, decide on these elements of this uh, possible mm -hmm. story. But it will happen in your mind. You will come out of uh, our works with something in mind. We will, uh, many of our works work with a, overload of a sensory and also <laughs> semantic overload so there are it's packed uh, with different uh, references and the idea is uh, first of all to uh, come to a state where you cannot you you are overwhelmed in a way that you cannot really use your normal ways of uh, decoding a system uh, you have to let go uh, but then again, you will oh, there will be something that you can relate to. Uh, it's almost impossible not to relate to something. But the, from a variety of users that or of, of audiences that will see it, uh, everybody will take out something different. And mm -hmm. it's not it, not even our goal for uh, anybody to experience exactly what what we thought uh, to experience to decode all the references that we have maybe hidden almost like a riddle inside our works this is not our goal this is just the way we work uh, for mm. ourselves this is what interests us and we it, this is interesting for us even from a very basic form of titles of words that are happening there when we look at words uh, we always go back to the etymology of the word of where did this come from what was the original meaning and this etymology we do for all kinds of objects as well that we have in our work so we really always try to find out the archetypes uh, behind mm -hmm. them and those archetypes are super uh, main nodes in a system that are able to connect uh, an amazing abundance of concepts, uh, global concepts, global myths, and you feel that there is a lot of actually uh, synchronicity or pa parallelity in how different cultures, uh, if you can talk about cultures in that sense, uh, approached a topic, a problem, mm. uh, a, a desire. Mm. Um, one sentence from my side from VR is, I think it's interesting to, you know, you really have to learn it. You cannot without trying it out, saying, you know, scribbling a storyboard or, okay, I want to do it like this and, and this will be it. That's my, that's, uh, you know, that's my script sort mm -hmm. of. It, it works just totally different, you know, like uh, you have really have to try it out. And and one experience of, from, from our side, you know, like speaking one sentence about Colexta, we had this little research grant of shifting some of our projects into virtual reality. And, you know, we, for example, we have this one, 
project. It's, it's it's a game. It's a political game, which is called the Fallen, which is about the Ukrainian conflict. And beforehand, mm. we thought about, you know, it's quite political and and dark as well. And beforehand, we thought, oh, well, this will work very. This will work perfect in virtual reality. But somehow we realized it's the opposite. You know, like you have mm. so much fascination at the beginning of having on this glass. You know those. Mm. those virtual reality glasses and, and, and the space mm. that you were in, that it was totally the opposite in the sense of it took away the meaning of the project because, yes. you know, like, of course you are very playful at the beginning. So yeah, you really have to be aware how to, how to mm. use virtual reality. And I think with your projects, not only speaking of lacuna shifts, uh, the entropy gardens as well, which is a mm. quite new project, I think from, from, from last year. Yeah. Of course you can see and feel if you, if you on your own have a little bit of experience in these things that they are yeah, mm. thought out in the sense of, okay, does it make sense mm. to put it into this virtual space? Yeah. Yeah. yeah very, very uh, good point. We thought uh, a lot about that and this, this concept, this e-links uh, of game theories, this, the need for the spectacle uh, of the audience. This is something that we are uh, very concerned or we, we are very concerned with, with VR because it's so new and everybody wanted to have VR just for the sake of VR. Uh, so mm -hmm. everybody wanted the roller coaster ride in the end, and to some point you had to deliver, and and to some point you had to manage these expectations in order to get to a more subtle experience. This is uh, the, the same is true for any kind of media art where you have interactivity. Once you have a Kinect or some kind of motion tracking system, everybody will be jumping around and be only concerned with what uh, he or she can do with the interaction. So. We, we really try to strip away everything that, that's possible uh, in order for you to be uh, focused more on an actual experience. And VR is uh, especially true because there are no uh, known behaviors yet. Uh, many, many people, especially with, with Lacuna Shifts, were having on VR goggles for the first time with our work. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's completely a different... Uh, starting point and cinema where a lot of rules are established where where it's exactly known or you know where to you are able to break the rules where you can uh, subvert the rules in vr there there's no given in a way yeah mm -hmm. yeah and that makes it interesting yeah? mm -hmm. so maybe maybe already sh uh, going into the end of this <laughs> conversation I guess, you know, like speaking one more time of, of your collaboration with Gregor Ladenhoff, I can imagine that it's like this, you know, like sometimes you're also then more, you know, like you work quite extensively on a project and then maybe there's more individual work than again, uh, you know, for example, maybe to mention Gregor Ladenhoff's uh, projects like Ukris Debris or Sunshine or I think thousands of others projects mm -hmm. that, he, that he has on the sound side. You know, the simple question, are there any future, is there a sort of future project in the pipeline that you want to, or that you can talk about, or is it, yeah. Yes, um, we are currently working on a project, it's called The Subject Changes. Um, it will also be kind of a simulation, it's uh, involving an embodied structure, an avatar, 
dealing with a lot of the topics that I discussed with today, this uh, mm-hmm. embodiment of a virtual character of how uh, a narrative or a kind of a ritual could happen in, in a simulated space of what the uh, also visual or structural possibilities of the body as the base for an, uh, let's say, audiovisual system could provide. These are the, the questions we think about here. And uh, yeah, the, the premiere uh, is quite soon. It will be in the, the, the Cyber Festival in upcoming year and beginning of next year. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, it's something that is in the making right now. Sure. Is it some sort of online project at the end? or uh, It will be exhibited. Uh, in an exhibition it's uh, okay. not on and uh, it's an installation mm. Mm. okay cool so and and uh yeah as, as it seems like you're, you're you're of course always shifting in the right media that you try to find mm. um so maybe as a last last question one more time going back to virtual reality is there some do you see a current potential you know like that it's Where's it, you think, to your mind, where's it going? Will it stay? You know, there's always those promises in the sense of, oh, wow, it, it will explode mm. next year or something. Well, um, it, it doesn't explode. And with all the, those talk about metaverse and uh, huge companies like uh, pushing a lot of money into the VR uh, didn't really make it uh, mainstream yet. And mm. it, this is going to stay because it's in the end, uh, it's still a technology that is uh, not very convenient to wear. It's completely isolating if you put it on and so on. Uh, So it will be very much incremental. We won't have this, uh, the future there next year. So we we are completely in the, the, for for many years now, we are on the way to a metaverse where everything will be more connected and the, the limits between the virtual and the real will uh, ever more shift uh, or be blurred. Uh, and with VR, I think the mainstream adoption uh, is very hard to happen if there is no, uh, um, yes, if, if, if the, 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 real, the reality, the real reality cannot be incorporated. So augmented reality or mixed reality are much more likely to be uh, mainstream adopted if the technology becomes light enough in, in a way and mm-hmm. good enough. Uh, for now, it's niche. Uh, it's a very interesting niche for, um, for artists because it's, uh, you have this total experience where you have control over the complete spectrum of the visuals and audio. So this is completely new. There's no other medium that allows that. Uh, and therefore, it's very interesting for us as artists uh, as a, yeah, as a mainstream medium, I don't think it's there yet. Mm-hmm. So basically, you you opened you would have opened up now another yeah. Pandora's box with augmented <laughs> reality, etc. But I would, you know, like of course this is very interesting, and yeah, we we will all see how where we are going with all this, and hopefully we use all these things in the right way. But you know, for now, I would say I would like to say thank you for for. Uh, for talking about all these things and giving a little bit of insight in of, of, of your projects, you know, as I, as I mentioned, take a look at depart.at, you, you find a lot of stuff. And uh, 
thank you, Leonhard Lass, one more time. Your name and Gregor Ladenhaupt departs, so thanks a lot. Thank you for having me, it was a pleasure to be here. The Arctwire.